Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in day five of the Forgiveness and Hope readings. And um, before we get started, I just want to begin with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done. I'm grateful for the opportunity to read your word and hear your voice and get to know you much better, to get a better perspective on you, and more importantly, for my spirit to be touched by yours, for the Holy Spirit to dwell with me and fellowship with me. I praise you for these readings. I praise you for the word that you've given us. Since you are the word and the word is truth and I get to read the word, it gives me so much more information and such a, such a better life. I thank you for all and I pray that you would be speaking to our hearts, our minds and our spirits, that your words would be the ones that are heard and that are uttered. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, hey, it's Friday. And like I said, it's day five of this reading. The hope section is, is uh, it was only a five-day reading. So I'm going to supplement it with, um, there's another reading on um, the hope of this hope from salvation and from the resurrection. So I'll add two days into there. I was then thinking about going back into a few, a uh, few days or actually a few weeks of reading a book and it just seems appropriate right now to read through um, Revelations, and I was praying about it. It's just it's on my heart, and so next week, next Monday, we will start into Revelations and just go chapter by chapter like we did Isaiah. There's 22 chapters in there, and um, anyway, so it'll just take us about three weeks. With that, I'm going to go ahead and oh, we're in. Um, for, for the forgiveness section, we're in John 8, verses 1 through 11. And that's the story, that's the example of Jesus forgiving the, the woman who was caught in adultery. And all the Pharisees brought her to him. Um, and in these readings, as I was reading them and praying, what really came into my mind and my heart was God's plan versus man's. And, you know, we'll... we'll see that in these readings. It's pretty obvious. And so anyways, and then in uh, the hope sections, we're in Mark and we're going to just be in Mark. It's, it's uh, chapter 15 verses 33 through 39 and then chapter 16 verses one through eight. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started with John eight one. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to, to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. So their plan was pretty simple. Bring in a woman who's, who's caught and make him, you know, if he said that he was, um, that he forgives her, then he, he's going to be, you know, a blasphemer for that. If he 
says to follow the law, then he's going to be, you know, ridiculed for that too. Um, so they came in to trap him. It was man's plan was to trap him. I also always wonder when I hear about this and read about this, where's the guy, <laughs> right? There's got to be a guy who was part of this adultery too, but they don't bring him in. And it's just obvious what they're trying to do. They're, they're showing hypocrisy here. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. What do you think he wrote? Did he, do you, I mean, I've heard, you know, it's, and it's all speculation. Did he write their names or the names of the women that they cheated with? Did they write, did he write their names and various sins that they had that he knew about and they did in the dark? What did he write? It's very interesting. At this, in verse nine, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. I mean, to me, that's just awesome. I get goosebumps. He knew their hearts. He knew their plans. And what did he do? He showed their hypocrisy that none of them could throw the throw a stone. And therefore, none of them could condemn her. Could, could condemn her. And so, again, the plans of men versus the plan of God. The plan of God is forgiveness. The plan of men was to trap Jesus. God wins. So with that, we'll go on to the sections on hope next. Um, let's see. So now we're in Mark 15, verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama nashekom. Obviously, I can't speak Hebrew. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood, before, stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died. He said, Surely this man was the Son of God. So the plan of Satan and of man was to kill him and end his, his um, teachings and also the potential of, of recruiting people away from Judaism, but actually to the completion of Judaism, but that it would ruin what the Pharisees had set up so their goal was to end him and end his teachings and any group that was growing because of him. That was the plan. So we now look at verse uh, 1, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, 
and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the, day, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll, a, roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? That's always a good question because it's just, you know, if the stone was supposed to be huge and here's just a few people, who's going to roll it away? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So, again, man's plan is to kill him. And yet he rises again. And we're forgiven. We now have hope in his resurrection. We now have hope because we've been bought by his blood into the family of God. And every promise that is made about taking care of us, having a plan for us, loving us, being able to call him Abba Father, it's all fulfilled. Our hope has been secured by God, by Jesus' blood, and that's a huge price to have paid for it to only have been you know, a joke, not real. God means it. It's intent. It's intense. And he loves us. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the creator of the universe. There's no other, there's nothing greater. He spoke it into existence. He can speak into existence solutions to your, your challenges, your concerns. He has forgiven us just like he forgave the woman who was committing adultery. And we now are his and his children. It's a remarkable thing. When God plans versus man plans, God wins. With that, I'm just going to close this up with a, a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for buying our, our salvation and buying our adoption, for paying the price for us, and that we can now be confident in our forgiveness that we can be confident in our ability to call you Abba Father and know that just like the son who was the brother of the prodigal, he had access to everything the father had. We do too. We have access to everything that God has because we are his children. If we ask it in your name, it will be obtained. It will be done. If we ask your will to be done, so, Father, I just pray that our hearts and our minds and our, our spirits will be open, that we will ask in your, your name, we will ask for the things that are your will, and that we know that you have a plan for us that's better than anything we could come up with. So I thank you, Lord. I pray for a great day. I pray for you to watch over each and every person here and that you would encourage them, strengthen them, and help them go about their days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a wonderful day.